Hello, and welcome to the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us. Today's message is here to help you preach the good news everywhere in your day-to-day life. Here at Covenant Fellowship, we accomplish this by encountering God, loving people, and serving others with everything we've got. Now let's dive in. ready to feast from the Word of God for just a few minutes. I promise not to keep you long. So let's go to the Word of God, if you will, with me. Today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about um, uh, building in faith. So that's what we're doing. We're building in faith today. We've already went through building with God, building with purpose. Today we're going to talk about building with faith. I want you to remember this, and, and I hope that you do. I, I brought this, this back up here just to remind you of our mission, vision, and values. I hope that you've gotten one of these refrigerator magnets. And just so that you know this, we've actually got car fresheners. So that when you're riding, some, many of you say, well, I like to pray going to work of the mornings. I'm by myself. I like to pray going down the road. Nowadays, you better pray going down the road. But while you're praying, we got air fresheners. If you want one of those, uh, we'll have them available for you. They're in now. We've got them. You can hang it in your car, and when you're going down the road, you can pray about our mission, vision, and values. You can pray, God, help us to be a church on mission in a way that we can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody that we come in contact with, that they can have a God encounter, that they can experience the love of God, and that they know that you want them to serve in their kingdom. God, I, want to, I pray that we're a word-centered church. Never let us be tricked by false doctrine. How many know one of the greatest warnings in all the Bible about the last days is deception, about false teachings? The Bible says in the last days people would want false teachers because they have itching ears. Lord, never, never let us have itching ears for a lie. Let us have hungry ears for the truth, that we're word-centered, that we're spirit-led. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. We want, we want church to be led by the Spirit of God. That means we may have to put announcements somewhere else. That may mean we might not get to this preaching today. That may mean we do altar service. That may mean something, but we want to be led by the Spirit of God. We want to be presence-driven. Amen? We want the presence of God. In His presence is fullness of joy at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. I believe that to be true that we're people engaged in a mission every day of our life, God. And I want you to pray about that because there's people that are a little intimidated. They don't like to share their faith with other people. They feel like people are going to judge them and, 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 and say things about them that they're going to look weird and sound, sound like they're an outcast and you're one of them, that sort of thing. You need the boldness of the Lord because you need to be convinced in your heart that the answer that every person around you needs is Jesus Christ. If you're not convinced of that, if you're not convinced of that, I'm going to say something that's going to be real challenging to you, but you need to hear what I'm saying. Do you really know him? Because if you really know him, you know he's the answer. Hey, friends, am I talking to somebody that knows the Lord? If you really know Jesus, you really know he's people's answer. He's the answer to the marriage problem. Hey, he's the answer to the brokenness. He really is the answer. Be mission engaged. Family valued. We value our personal families and we value this family. Amen? Amen? I mean, we're going to believe the best in one another. We're praying for one another. I hope you pray for your church family every single week. I'm family valued. This is my family. 
Here's my brothers and here's my sisters. I know I got some blood kin, but there's a stronger blood that made us kin. And then we're worship focused. We're not self focused. We want the worship and the glory to go to God. We're, we're, we're not here to push the name of Church of God. We're not here to push the name of Covenant Fellowship Church, although we want to see everybody in our city come to our church. We're not here for that. We're here so that Jesus Christ is worshipped and glorified and God Almighty gets all the glory for it. Amen? So if you'll pray for that, if you'll pray for that and pray about that, I believe God will do something amazing through that. So be sure to pick up, if you haven't gotten a refrigerator magnet, get you one. If you haven't gotten you a car freshener, get you one. They're pretty loud. I can tell you. She brought that box in here and she's like, Woo, I'm going to have to move this somewhere else because the muffler on them things are strong. Maybe it's because it was the whole box of them, but that, that, there's plenty of them. Anyway, let's be engaged in our mission. So today is building in faith, and I want you to, I want you to track with me here. I'm just going to read it like I wrote it, like the Spirit of the Lord was with me, and, and that way we'll get through this pretty quickly. If you notice anything about Jesus, Jesus had a serious conundrum. You say God had a conundrum? Well, I'll, I'll explain that in just a few seconds, but I want to share with you what that might have been. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, we're going to start at verse 6, but I want to share something with you because we're picking this up right when Jesus had told a parable about an unjust judge. He said a widow went to this judge and he kept, she just kept nagging this judge for a righteous judgment. And he shares that the judge rules on her favor because she continuously pursues after him. And Jesus used that story to share a revelation about how we should be about prayer. And it's a message on prayer. Really, it's a message about prayer. But We're going to pick this up in verse number 6. And it says, Then Jesus said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And... Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night, night and day, let incense? Yeah. Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Here's the conundrum. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find Faith on the earth. I believe this is a pointing to the importance of prayer, but the state of things that could potentially be when Jesus returned. He's talking about his when he returns back to this earth, will he find genuine, authentic faith? Will God find genuine, authentic faith? I want to share something with you real quickly. Do you know that Jesus accused the people of Israel of killing and stoning the prophets? He did. He told them. He said, you who killed and stoned the prophets. Now, if you were a modern-day Pharisee at that particular time, you would have the right argument to say, whoa, I haven't killed one. I haven't killed one. And it wasn't until John the Baptist, the prophet that preceded Jesus, was killed, but he was killed by a Roman leader. But the accusation was that they had killed. And he would say, well, it's just a visitation 
of the sins on the fathers as though it was a generational curse because their fathers had killed the prophets. So therefore Jesus was just referring, you are guilty of killing the prophets. I don't think that's the case. What I think is the case is that the, the way that their fathers thought and taught and believed about God and his word and how to operate in it was so askewed that when the authentic from heaven appeared, rather than listening to what God said, they wanted him murdered. And therefore, they stood guilty because they believed it just like their forefathers believed it. The proof of that is that when the final prophet showed up, I'm not talking about final prophet in a sense that apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, the final great prophet... Jesus, that they murdered him as well. Y'all ain't saying nothing. What's the point you're trying to make, Pastor? I believe that it's possible that if we're not careful, we think we have a genuine faith, but really all we have is enough religion to assassinate the authentic. Woo! We have enough religion to assassinate the authentic. You see an authentic move of God begin to break out and you'll find a bunch of naysayers that get on social media and everything else and start and start bashing and start putting down. I remember in 96 when the move of God was coming and millions of people were authentically being born again and launching more ministry than I'd ever seen in my entire life. There was a bunch of people, including major broadcasting networks, that were saying there's a bunch of people down there shaking and speaking in crazy languages and they're all a bunch of nuts and flakes. They weren't looking at the drug addicts that were being born again. They weren't looking at the prostitutes that was dancing in the strip bars that got born again. They were not looking at the lives that were transformed. I remember a doctor. One of the ones that shook the most was the daughter of a doctor. And she was shaking violently. Every time the glory of God would show up, this girl would go to shaking. And they interviewed her. The pastor interviewed her and said, can you explain this? Talk to the parents. Can you explain this? Why is this happening? I personally believe it wasn't about the manifestation. It was about God showing that even what you cannot understand scientifically, I am moving. And there will always be critics that look at that and say that can't be God. But there will be another group of people that is in hopeless, broken places that says if God can move that girl, he can move me. If God can touch that girl, he can touch me. If God can do something in that person's life, he can do it in mine. But the problem is, is that we've got a bunch of religious people who think they have faith. And Jesus says, when I come, do they, will they really be faith? So here's one, a couple of things that I think we need to have. Faith expresses itself in two ways. One, in noun form. Two, in verb form. So if someone were to say, what faith are you? Jesus is speaking here actually in verb, in noun form. When he returns, will he find faith? And here's the issue. I believe the issue is what we believe about God will either cause us to draw close to him and honor him and associate with him or it will cause us to be disconnected 
from the real God. You know, one of the things that happened, you see this all throughout the Bible, is when God is doing things that people don't quite understand, we make up our own ideas about him. So, so they didn't understand that God was taking Moses up to the highest, uh, up to the mountain to begin to give him revelation of an expression of the approach of the glory of God. How to approach the glory of God in a respectful, honorable way. And then through 12 tribes and the association of how they would honor, how they would march, how one tribe would set up the tabernacle, how they would function in it, and the sacrificial systems was all a heavenly expression to help people to understand how to draw near to God, how to have God close and how to have God near. But the problem is, is that while Moses was up there and they didn't understand what was going on and they, he delayed his coming, you know what they done? Come on, we need to worship something. So Aaron, Moses has left us. You take over. All right, bring me all your jewelry. Let's form us a God. So they made a cow, you know, when it, when it made cows. And so when, when the golden calf. And so, uh, and so when Moses comes back, you remember Aaron's explanation? He, 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 he explained it on the, the supernatural phenomenon. You know what he said? He said, we just threw all that gold into a fire and poof, a cow came out. Because you've got to have a real spiritual answer to a dumb decision in order to look godly. So as long as you can say something real spiritual behind something real stupid, somebody might believe you. Especially if they're not looking for authenticity, genuineness. If they're just looking to accept, if they're just looking to adopt, and if they're not looking for God, it's real easy to come up with a real good religious answer. And when Jesus shows up, these people just can't even believe that this is God. They have prophecy, friends, after prophecy. I'm talking about such detailed prophecy about Jesus that that either Jesus is the Messiah or they never will ever be one. That's how accurate the prophecy about Jesus really is. But there was a group of people so convinced that he was not the prophecy fulfillment of the Messiah that they murdered him. And I believe with cultural, with cultural Christianity, one of the things that we find ourselves maybe potentially falling into is not the genuine. It's some form of godliness that has no power to authenticate it. And so when Jesus returns, he says, I'm looking for faith. And when I come, will I actually find real faith? Will I find people that truly do believe in the fullness of the scripture? Do I find people that really truly do believe in almighty God? Or do they have a form of godliness? They got a golden calf that will let them feel good around the fire, but they can do anything they want to in the world. Do they have a form of God? Some, some of you, you look real religious and real good in church, but how are you at school? What if God opens up your social media right now and goes through it? What would he find? And let me tell you something, friend. I, I need to shake us awake because I love the joy of the Lord and I love the presence of the Lord, but you don't need to ever forget that you and I will stand before Jesus and give an account for our lives. Every conversation you have, 
every site you visit, everything that you go to. And I'm telling you right now, you'll stand before the Lord. I'll stand before the Lord, friend. Every message that I've ever preached, everything that I've ever done for God, I'm going to have to give an account for that. In case you didn't know it, Jesus is about to come. And when he comes and he looks at you and he says, okay, it's time to give an account for your life. What are you going to say to him? I went to church. I served in this ministry. I done that. I done this. I done that. He said, yeah, and I told you that I said that when I come again, people would say to me, Lord, I've done many wonderful works in your name. He said, but I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. All you knew was religion. All you knew was to let culture begin to shape your thinking to think that I am okay with every sin coming and going. And did I not show you what I thought about sin when I let my own son die on a cross? I didn't let him die so you just had permission to keep doing it. I let him die so you could be healed of it and set free from it and walk in the holiness of God. Yeah, I ain't preached like this in a while. I might get one or two amens, but that's about it. But you need to hear it because I love the glory of God. I love the presence of God. I like the goodness of God, but you can't have God without holiness. Come on, you can't have God without holiness. It's not the burning heartbeat of your life. If you're not frustrated at your own sin, if you're not frustrated at your own shortcomings and it drives you before the presence of God and say, I need more of the spirit in my life. I need to be more surrendered. You don't know what this walk's about, man. If you think God is in heaven and saying, well, I know you look at porn every now and then, but it's okay. I know that you sleep with your boyfriend every now and then, but it's okay. I know that you cuss every day, but it's okay. I know that you lie a little bit, but it's okay. That's not God. That's not God. Oh, God, I'm confused about my identity, my sexual identity. God says, I'm not. I made you. I fearfully and wonderfully made you. And if you need to understand how I made you and accept that, just ask me and I'll give you the Holy Spirit and help you to understand it. I'm not mad. I'm just trying to help. It frustrates me that cultural ideas of God creep into the church and people miss an encounter with the living God because they'd rather have a golden calf. I want the authentic man. I want the real friends. And when I mess up, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about when I mess up, it drives me to my face before God. Helps me to understand that my humanity needs a savior. Not just in 1996 when I was a mess, but every day of my life I need a savior. And I want to draw close to him, friends. Woo! Well, this is a little heavy today right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to have a genuine faith. So do you have a genuine faith? Do you believe that Jesus is coming back? Because if you believe he's coming back, how then should you live? Like if you had an opportunity to repent before and you didn't seize that opportunity, what did you think? What if he comes before you got to the altar call at the end of the service? Listen, what what would you think if you got to that thing that you've always told God, I'll get right when I get some things straightened out in my life. You ever heard that story? I'll get right when I get a few things straightened out. I'll start coming to God. I'll start going to church when I get a few things worked out in my life. How many know that's a lie somebody's bought of the devil? 
The devil lied to you. What he told you was, is that Jesus is not coming for a long time. And you're hoping that it's true until you get your life straightened out. But I want to live every day like this could be my last breath. That Jesus could come any moment. And oh friends, if you just knew how close we are to the coming of Jesus. I've been listening to a series from a guy that I love to listen to. Mark Karwaski and Lisa Karwaski turned me on to it. It's called Last Day's Boot Camp by, by Lee Cummings. So S.I.O. and I turned it on going up the road the other day, taking him to, to the Bambi Woods. And man, I was literally in tears. I was literally in tears listening to it. It's called Last Day's Boot Camp. It's about that preparational thing that God is doing among his church for the return of Jesus Christ. And as a pastor who leads a church, you know what my thought is? God, I hope we're ready. Because I don't want to see anybody miss it. I don't want to see anybody miss it. What do you believe about holiness? What do you believe about right? You know what I've seen people do? I've seen people take holiness... And substitute it for legalism. Now the line's blurred on holiness and legalism and people don't know what sin is. Man, I have talked to people about sin and there are people who truly believe that, that the sin that they are committing and it's sin spelled out in scripture in their mind was an old way of teaching things. There may have been old ways of application, but friends, sin is sin no matter what. We may be inventing ways to do it differently, but sin is sin. So there's genuine faith, and then there's active faith. That's the verb form of faith. That's active faith. It's going to get better, okay? Active faith. Got through that part a little bit, and we need to go, but... We're here, active faith. So let me give you some scripture. Active faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. This is the verb form of faith. This is faith in action. This is when faith is doing something, demonstrating. It is when... Authentic faith is so embedded in your heart, so embedded in the fiber of your DNA that it, that it demands an action. It's not an idea that is lost in space that you say, oh yeah, I believe that. It's no, I believe it to the point that every fiber of my being, my DNA is saturated with its truth. Two things that are needed both in genuine faith and active faith. Y'all ready for them? Here it goes. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is substance. That's one of things hoped for. The evidence, that's the second one, evidence of things not seen. 
Let me give you what the word substance means. The real physical matter of which a person or a thing consists and which has a tangible, solid presence. I tell you what evidence is. Evidence is the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or a proposition is true or valid. Let's put that in the context of Scripture. Can I read you a passage of Scripture? I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It's found in James chapter 2. So, genuine faith and active faith. Active faith is the actions to prove it. We're talking about construction. We're talking about building with God. And you, you understand when I'm talking about building, the only way that you know that I'm a builder is if I got the equipment to do it with. My saw's back over here. Uh-oh, I do have a saw, but it's not plugged in. If I got the equipment to do it with, there were some things that I had to borrow, like this, this hat. That's just a safety thing. I didn't have to borrow the saw. I didn't have to borrow the rest of the equipment. Why? Because I know how to do it. It's something that I know how. It's a part of who I was, was at a particular time, so I know how to do it. The evidence, bro, can you build? Listen, if, if you have somebody that says, man, you, maybe you have somebody doing some repair on your house, and they come up, you know how to build? Yeah. If they ask you, can I borrow your tape measure? You need to fire that dude. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. Or if he opens up a tape measure and he says, uh, eight and three little marks. That cat needs to go. He don't know what he's doing. Okay? Yeah, he needs to go. If somebody shows up and says, I'm a Christian and there's nothing acting going on, there's no actions going on. I wonder if that one needs to go. I'm not talking about out of the church, but maybe out of your life. Because there's some people, you know how, listen, do you know how the nation of Israel began to misappropriate the authenticity of moves of God? False prophets that showed them a suggestion of a different way. Once they started appropriating people in their lives that give them a different suggestion. Do you remember when God judged the nation of Israel during Jeremiah's day? Jeremiah was the only one preaching the truth about God. And there were hundreds of other prophets saying that's not what's coming. Active faith. Active faith. Yeah, listen, man. Do you know when the church, like we call ourselves a church, right? Like we're a church. You know, early church. Book of Acts. Have you ever read the book of Acts and seen how the church operated and then read your local church and say, we look just like that or, whoa, we got a long ways to go. You ever done that? Or have you just said, oh, that's good history. It's good things to know about how all the church got started. No, friends, listen to me. That's the expectation. That's the blueprint of what God expected. Yes. Yes, he intended for his church to be a powerful church. 
He intended for his church to have miracle signs and wonders. He intended for his church to have the Holy Spirit. He intended for his church to walk holy. He intended for his church to be generous. Yes, he did. You know, when you read that story in the book of Acts where they started selling extra properties to make sure that people had that didn't have. Yeah, yeah, we ain't, are we there yet? Anybody got any extra thing you want to sell to help somebody else? You understand what I'm saying? We got a ways to go. We got a ways to go. So we look at the church in the book of Acts and we say, okay, this, if this was God's intention, if this was God's intention, then we need the help of God to continue to grow and help us all disciple. Can you say amen to that? I want to grow as a pastor. I need to know how to do this better. I need to grow. I need to expand my borders. Can you say amen to that? But here's what happens. In, 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 in a New Testament fashion, when a Christian would show up, things shifted. When a, when a Christian showed up, things shifted. People might have been begging before. People may have been praying before. But when a Christian showed up, they started demonstrating. Did you know the word Christian means little Christs? You know the word Christ means anointed? Little anointed people. Little anointed people. That's what we are. The word Christian, you're a little anointed person. Now, not so little on some, like, but compared to God. Little anointed people, meaning you're like Christ. Not that you are the Savior of the world, but as you go into a situation, you carry the message of salvation. When you get there, God will work with you with signs following if you're, if you're a Christian. Yes, sir. That's his expectations of a manifestation of the authenticity of the kingdom of God being expressed. It's about the kingdom. Like when he told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the transaction of that is through you. Let that sink in for a minute. Oh God, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, I want to do that. Lay hands on him. I want to do that. Prophesy to her. I want to do that. Serve this one. <laughs> oh, God. We want to see a new building. Give money. I ain't even playing. Oh, y'all wanted to hear scripture. You did. You told me that. James 2 and 14 through 20. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not show it by your actions? Can this kind of faith save, any, save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing. This is just a story because we think if we just give food and clothing, we're fulfilling this scripture. He's Look what he's saying. You can't... He's telling a story. He said, suppose you see this. So he could have easily said, suppose you see someone lame. Suppose you see someone caught in sex trafficking. Suppose you see someone sleeping around. Suppose He could have said that about anything, but here's what he says. He says, suppose you see your brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, good, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What does that, what good does that do? See, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. 
unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you, he says. Woohoo! But watch what he says. Even the demons believe this. Now let me tell you who this writer is, friends. This is James. You know who James is? The brother of Jesus. Well, glory. Could he speak to this? And ah, Good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can you see that faith without good deeds is useless? I want you to stand with me right now. use the keys if that's okay Kevin Frida can you come to the keys pastor why the hard word today we're constructing something we're trying to let the Holy Spirit use us to construct the work of God in our region and in our area. And we need good workers. That's almost a cussing phrase in today's society. We need good workers. Because every business person that I know of that employs some people are looking for them. They can't find them because I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uncle Sam paid them to sit at home on their behinds. Can't get no help, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm not afraid. Stimulus money stimulated nothing but people to sit at home and do nothing. Waiting for their next one. Looking, never looked at news in their life until they started get, realizing that they could potentially get another stimulus. Am I mad at stimulus? No, I'm, I'm just upset at the fact that we've used it for a way to sit around and do nothing. I'm not talking about we, maybe you specifically. If it fits, love me anyway, because I love you. I need you to hear this preacher. I'm, I am here to be a pastor to you, not be somebody that you just celebrate all the time. I hope that I could be a voice of the, the, the things of God in your heart that one time or another will challenge you. If all you can do is sit back and celebrate everything I say and it not challenge you, you need to find you another preacher that can speak into your life. You need to find somebody that will get up in your face. And I'm not want to be a jerk. I want to be liked by everybody. 
But I, I've got to have enough boldness and bravery to get in your face and face the culture that has tried to invade your thinking and invade your heart and say, your walk with God doesn't look like what this Bible calls a walk with God to look like. And I'll tell you what needs to change. Not God's word. You do. And I've got good news. He's here to help you make that change. Because you don't have to do it on your own. You just got to surrender. You just got to recognize that your religious formalities is not enough. Your religion has still got you a drunk and you won't stop. Your religion has still got you in bondage to pornography and you won't stop. If you'll get a real relationship with God, you'll get free. Because he who the Son sets free. You're not hearing what I'm telling you. Because, see, if, you, if I keep preaching things that make you feel good in dysfunction, you give yourself permission to keep going. And I want to be that voice that says, thus saith the Lord. So let me ask you. Woo, this is strong. If serving God was a crime, and today you had to appear before the judge of heaven and earth, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Remember, faith is substance and evidence what is substance and what is evidence substance is the real physical matter of which a person or a thing consists and which has a tangible solid presence does God have a tangible solid presence in your life don't tell me how much scripture you can quote don't tell me how much your church attendance is does God have a tangible physical presence in your life Woo! evidence the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief is true or valid. So let me ask again, if serving God was a crime, would there be enough evidence against you to convict you? You'll now stand before God, give an account for our life. He's looking for substance and evidence. He said, but if I find substance and evidence, if I find that, then I'm a rewarder of that one that diligently seeks after me. That person that's authentic, I'll reward them. I'll reward them with breakthrough. I'll reward them with blessing. I will reward them with favor. I will reward them with my presence. I will reward them with power. I will reward them with gifts. I will entrust them with more. I will reward them with, with successful ministry. I will reward them if that, that, that's where they are. So, building with faith. Building with faith. Genuine faith and active faith. Do you have genuine faith, friend? Do you have genuine faith? Do you have genuine, authentic, Bible-believing faith? That kind of faith that when we look at substance, what is the substance, the essence and evidence of your life? Do we see Jesus? Do we see the mark of God? I'm not asking do we see a churchgoer. Men, friends, listen, it's easy to put on a two-hour display every Sunday. You got to live the rest of the week, man. You got to live the rest of the week. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to put on a face. for. I, you know, my kids say this about my life. What, regardless of where they are in their life, regardless of where things are, you know what they say about their mom and dad? This is the thing that they The same people that are in that pulpit, the same people on that front pew, we saw that every day of our life at home. They didn't go home to a terrorist. 
They didn't go home to a mean mom. They didn't go home to a mean dad. They, the same praying people that was there, the same worshiping people, the same preaching people, the same loving people, the same caring people went home with them. You and I live in the last days, friend. God is looking for an on-fire church and judgment is beginning at the house of God. And I'm not talking about condemnation judgment. It's confrontational judgment. It's that kind of judgment that God's up in your face saying, I'm not putting up with it anymore. I've called you for light. I have called you for power. And I have called you for purpose. And I am saying to you, you don't have permission in one more day to stay in compromise. I grab you by his Holy, Holy Spirit, grab you by the nape of your neck and pull you in close and say, it's time to serve me. It's time to get real. It's time to walk it out. It's time to live it out. It's time to live it right. Come on, somebody. I don't know if this deals with you. I don't know if it does to your heart what it done to mine, but this morning, weeping before the Lord, I said, God, I want to be authentic. God, I see my failure. I see my struggles. I see my shortcomings. I thank you, Lord, that there's grace enough. Your grace is sufficient. Your mercy was new this morning. Make me what I am not on my own. Let me be a different man tomorrow than I was yesterday. Let me be a stronger man today than I was yesterday. Let the anointing just be a little stronger today let the things that caught me yesterday not catch me anymore let the things that tripped me up yesterday be a stepping stone today let the things that broke me yesterday be the things that I can say look what the Lord has done today I don't know if it's done for you what it's done for me but if you want to pray if you want to say God if there's anything search my heart oh God if there's anything that keeps me from the authentic from the genuine and from something active and powerful I'm here today to be with you. These altars are open right now. Come quickly. Come quickly and talk to God. Come on. Come on. This should be almost everybody in this church just to take a few minutes and say, God, here I am. And that wraps up this episode of the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. For more information about who we are, please visit us at cfbristol.com or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We hope that you have a blessed day. And as always, just like we find in Isaiah 60, verse 1, we hope you arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.